are back. Welcome in to another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. Today is Friday, December 1st. Happy early Christmas. I don't know. I decorated a tree last night, so I think we're officially getting into the holiday season. Uh, before I bring Teddy in, before we get to our kind of depressing show today, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same as the YouTube channel. Teddy is at Teddy Hunt Show. I'm at Spring Blake with four A's in there. Theodore. We've been bad. We 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 we've we haven't been out oh, yeah. in about two weeks. Uh, we've missed the Jets get absolutely annihilated by both the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins on Black Friday. We missed the Zach Wilson benching. Uh, we haven't talked any bit of uh, Tim Boyle. Um, how have you been? We had a great time in Nashville, so I got to say at least that fantastic weekend down here with the boys. Um, yeah, but- it was. It was a good weekend in Nashville. Blake and I kind of uh, allowed the holidays to to get to us a little, and, and we oh, missed yeah. a couple pods. Um, so apologies for that. It was funny that it lined up with the Zach Wilson benching and these terrible performances. Um, but we're back now. You know, here we are. And I got to say, I, I you know, I'm doing okay in general. When it comes to the Jets, I really have... have have never been lower really i mean even last year when we were terrible i had at least like had you at least had like the like oh okay we're gonna bet Zach wilson we're gonna go get a quarterback in the offseason like yeah. where i'm at right now i feel just absolutely terrible already jumping to this offseason even though i feel like that's kind of what i need to do uh-huh. and the team has just like given me absolutely no hope or like, like since our bye week, we just haven't moved the ball off like at all, you know, like at least before the bye week, we didn't look great, but we could do a little bit of stuff yeah. like it's been, you know, five weeks in a row now where you sit down and you watch the Jets and it's real ugly. Um, and, you know, specifically on Black Friday, I went home to Cortland, you know, with my family, family of five, my girlfriend's there, my sister's boyfriend's there. So we got a big crew all Jets fans, right? All excited, all going to sit down and watch the game. And then we also had company. So another family got to come over and sit there while we all watched the Jets. And it was just truly, truly embarrassing because we're just like, is this really real that we're watching a team that is this bad and we're trying to, you know, get our hopes up and stuff. So, so yeah, the Jets have have just shot me in the face and and I'm laying dead in a ditch somewhere. I would go to say since starting this hanging a ditch somewhere. It's so sad. Um, I would say since since starting this show, I think the Miami game was the uh, lowest point that we've hit. Maybe the Bills one was. I don't know. I think where I want to start with things is is one of the things that you mentioned. Zach Wilson was benched uh, for what feels like the fifth or sixth time um, in his career. This one feels a little bit different, though, um, especially given the fact that you know, there was vouching for him in this past offseason where they were going to, you know, bring him in as the backup. Aaron Rodgers was going to build him up. He was not expected to play, um, but he had to play the majority of this season. Um, he was benched at what was it the start of the second after half? the Raiders game? He didn't play at all in the in the uh, in the Bills one. Zach I thought he, Wilson? I thought he started the Bills game that we're, we're so far removed now. Oh no, you're uh you're right. You're right. Excuse me. After the Bills game. Well, second half or er... it was it was halfway through, I believe, or at least in the second half when Tim Boyle took over. Um and I want right. to start with Zach Wilson just because I think we've had so I mean, he's been the center of attention for almost, you know, the, this entire show's existence. Um this time it feels very much so that Zach Wilson's career in New York is officially done. Um you know, they have the option for the fifth year that they decide on in the offseason there's no way that they're going to be giving a number two overall salary to him but even beyond the fact where last year they were like well he'll be the backup Aaron Rodgers is the starter we'll mentor see if he can develop under a veteran quarterback Um, I think we've reached the point now where I think the Jets know that he cannot be the backup quarterback and what's the point of having a guy make up that much money as the team's quarterback three so just a quick conversation before we move to Boyle and Rogers and the rest of this organization. Where do you stand? Do you agree with me? Like this guy will it cannot be on the team pass this year because that's where I'm at with Zach Wilson. No, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, um, it's kind of one of those situations where, like, if he had gotten, you know, the break of Aaron Rodgers staying healthy and 
being on the team, maybe he could stick around as a backup for a couple of years. Like, you know, like backup quarterbacks almost better when they don't have to play, you know, because they don't have that opportunity to like go out there. But yeah, it's just been, I mean, it, it's three years of watching the same guy go out and not perform, not get all that much better. Um, So yeah, I do think it's over. I mean, last year I thought it was over when we benched him. And, you know, obviously injuries ended up happening where you had to go back in, but it was kind of one of those things where um, we talked about it in the off season, right? Like the one thing that like would, I was like, I don't think Zach Wilson will ever play for an NFL team again. And then I was like, the one thing that could kind of get me to maybe believe it is if we go out and sign Rogers and he gets to sit for a year and all that stuff, you know, that was supposed to be the plan. Didn't work out that way. I would agree with you. I think he is done. Um, I think we can put that to rest, but yeah, you know. And more so just the numbers game of if you, if you're Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback next year. He's also going to be old and coming off an Achilles injury. It is, it was a, a crime in the off season to not have a more stable backup quarterback position. It would be, it would be like a fireable offense if the Jets didn't yeah. have a backup quarterback that was either a you know a reputable backup quarterback a serviceable one or to take a guy in the middle rounds of of the 2023 draft class it is a big quarterback draft class there are some guys in in mid-day mid-round picks that could you know you could bridge and try and develop um, but they do need to start anew at that backup position so i, I don't I, go ahead i don't want to get ahead of myself here but yeah. i'm just going to ask you this quick i mean i'm sure we'll talk about this a ton i know we will no, I know your question now. <laughs> Let's assume Aaron Rodgers is coming back, obviously going to be healthy next year, whatever. I still am. I want to draft a quarterback in the first round. I really do. It's like if we can have a top eight, top six pick and there's a guy, I guess it all depends on if there's a guy they love, you know, but like I am just so, so sick of of this, you know, and it feels like if we draft someone, we're going to get it wrong. If we sign someone, we're going to get it wrong. But I don't hate the idea of drafting someone in the first round. You hate that idea? I don't hate the idea, but I don't think they'll do it because, as we're going to discuss, I truly believe that Sala and Douglas's tenures and careers with the Jets are solely attached to how this thing with Aaron Rodgers goes. So I think so just kind of how we were saying where the, Packers, where the Packers drafted Jordan Love and they everybody was like, what are they doing? And it ended up being something where it came. Like there's going to be a very talented all-pro te- uh, level type wide receiver there. Great offensive tackle. Like there are still needs on offense to help Aaron Rodgers get the most out of his tenure here. So look, I there's quarterbacks that I love in this class, um, but there's also quarterbacks. I think around two, three that, you know, if you attack there and you make that the, Oh, we're going to have this guy sit under Rodgers for a year or hopefully more um, then maybe that is the way they go. But I just think organizationally, you know, Douglas and Solon know that, they can't they can't mess around here with this Rodgers tenure. They need to go and make sure they're winning and and you know getting yeah. players that are going to help them in 2024 specifically. That's um, fair. So yeah, so backup quarterback will not be Zach Wilson next year. Um Tim Boyle, he comes in uh halfway through the Bills game, 7 of 14, 33 yards, one pick. Um in Miami, the numbers seem a little misleading when you look at it 27 to 38 you're like hey i take 71 completion percentage uh but one touchdown two picks and average yards per attempt were 4.7 so that's where i really you know take a look and average uh air yards per attempt 2.87 so um he he really was just like balls in my hand out balls in my hand out yeah and just trying to do and, and it looked worse than a 27 for 38 um, where do you sit on what we've seen out of a game and a half out of Tim Boyle and the fact that he still is the team starting quarterback heading into this week against the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, I mean, I don't feel good about it. I'll say that. <laughs> I, like, like I, I do think, you know, so Tim Boyle starts last game, doesn't look great. I, I, you know, nothing really all that different from what you saw from Zach Wilson, like I, potentially even a little bit worse, but it's a guy who, you know, wasn't able to push the ball down the field, wasn't able to try to get big plays, which I think has been like the number one thing that kills the Jets is we're like not able to ever try to take the top off a of defense. Like even our big explosive plays to Garrett feel like they're like drag routes that he'll take or slant routes that he'll take to the house. Um, but, you know, 
I do like Tim Boyle. I was not expecting him to be great. Right. And I think we came in and you kind of saw like the Zach Wilson to Tim Boyle. It wasn't a step up. Like a lot of people said, maybe it wasn't that big of a step down. And I still think it was the right, right decision. Um, but with that said, I really do think the story here is the one that kind of you've been preaching all season. Like, you can't fault Robert Sala and Joe Douglas for Aaron Rodgers going down and having a bunch of O-line injuries and all these different things. But you can fault at least Joe Douglas for just like a complete lack of a backup plan at the quarterback position, you know? Um, and like, there's all the things people say like, oh, we want to protect Zach Wilson's feeling. We don't want to bring in guys like that may or may not be true. But there are teams that go out and get... <laughs> excuse me sorry there are teams that go out and get two backup quarterbacks that are like okay you know and like one of them ends up being a third string you know not suiting up guy and it's kind of like yeah that's a little odd but then if something happens you use him and it's like we could have gotten a better backup you know than a guy who's played you know all of like eight games or whatever it was for zach or for tim boyle um so yeah, I don't feel great about it. And I don't, would it be like, would I hate if they threw Simeon in there? No, but like, do I think that would change much? No, like I think all three of these guys are kind of bottom of the barrel when you look at the whole, you know, top 96 quarterbacks in the league on, uh, around the depth charts. That's where I was just about to say, the time is, you could argue that the Jets have three of the worst quarterbacks in the entire right. league. And there's a lot of backups we don't get to see play. So we can't, that we're, we're throwing stuff out there, but I mean, my point that I come back to after watching Boyle for a game and a half, and I, I just, it sucks because we we bash him for so long. Um, like, Zach Wilson's more talented. He's a more talented thrower. He has done more uh, on a NFL playing field. Unfortunately, the problem is, is they had to make a change, as you said. Like, they had to try something, and the result, was a little bit worse uh, that I just, the, the Jets looked lifeless in that Miami game. And um, I, I didn't go away from that thinking like, Oh, they made the right decision benching Zach Wilson. I thought, no, we took a step back at the quarterback position. Um, now I still understand the reasoning that went into that decision. I'm not saying you go back to Zach Wilson and do this whole Mike white, Zach Wilson thing that we just did a fucking year ago. But uh, I just, I watched him boil and he, he looks like a statue. He looks scared to make any kind of risky plays. I, right. I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I don't, I don't feel good. Well, I guess, to echo your thoughts. No, yeah, definitely. And I, and I think, you know, the conversation around the quarterback for the jets right now is that they're all bad. Right. And I think that's fine. And I think if fans want to be pissed about it and hyper-focus on it, like go for it. I do think, you know, Tim Boyle coming in and us basically doing the exact same thing we've been doing for the past month. It, it does show that like the jets offensive problems are unfortunately a lot deeper than the quarterback. And yes, like if Aaron Rodgers was here, he'd be able to make up for some of that. We'd be able to, you know, have better play calls, have better decision-making all that stuff, which kind of lifts everyone. But when you have a team that, you know, doesn't have good old line play with the amount of injuries that we've had all year, doesn't have reliable receiving options. You know, I mean, Alan Lazard was inactive this this last week. And so our receivers were Garrett Wilson and then a bunch of, you know, undrafted rookies, which, you know, like. I don't hate the decision when you're just saying, hey, let's try to get some of these guys some work and see if any of them can step up. But it's just one of those things where like. This Jets offense is so frustrating to watch because it's that combination of the bad bad quarterbacking along with, you know, bad play calling and just like not good enough talent around, especially on the O-line. You know, like the the Bills game within we were down 10-0 and Zach Wilson hadn't even had a chance to like make a mistake, you know, because we fumbled on the kickoff and then the Bills immediately scored after three and out. And it was like you can blame the quarterback play, but he hasn't even had a chance to like fuck up. Like it has just been so, so bad, you know, two sacks and a punt and whatever. Um, so I think that's where it's just like really frustrating. And it's one of those things, right? Like you don't want to 
excuse it, you know, and say like, oh, well, we have a lot of injuries, so it sucks. But it, it's just like everything right now is this perfect storm, similar to how it was last year, where like they're not getting anything done. And I think you look at a guy like Tommy DeVito, right, on the Giants, who who was able to score five touchdowns in his first two games. I don't think Tommy DeVito is all that much better than Tim Boyle. I don't think Tommy DeVito is all that much better than Zach Wilson. I watched Tommy DeVito at Syracuse. He It's shocking to me that he's on an NFL roster. But they're still able to make things happen somehow, you know, whereas for us, even with a terrible quarterback, the same that they have, like, it, it's even worse than that, you know? And that's where I really, like, really get down, you know? Because if we were losing games, but we were able to move the ball a little bit, able to score a touchdown or two, like, that's one thing. But to just mm-hmm. see this team limp out there and, like, truly not be able to do anything, I mean, that's what the Jets is, right? That's what the Jets are right now. We don't have a strong run game. We don't have a pass game. Like, it, we just absolutely don't have an offense. And so it's completely taken any hope that I can have out of the season because regardless of who you want to blame, the offense can't do anything. Yeah. Yep. Quarterback aside, injuries to the offensive line. There's a few injury updates that we'll get to in a second. Um, There is the one positive conversation I want to have first before we go into other news around the rest of the roster. Aaron Rodgers returned to practice uh, yesterday, Teddy. Which uh, we're going to have a big conversation about this in itself him being back at practice and, and granted he was cleared for just um, individual drills and routes on air. So he's not, you know, he's not fully participating in practice, but they did activate his 21 day window to return to the active roster to be activated. Um, Team seem happy to see him. Bunch of guys, you know, videos going around of everybody just hugging, dabbing him up at practice. Um, This would have been a lot better if, the last five weeks haven't gone the way that they've gone, you know, yeah. Yeah. like it, it's just one of those things where it is so, so hard for me to even be remotely excited about this because of everything we just talked about, you know, because of the terrible offensive line, because of the bad play calling, because of the lack of being able to get anything going. And I do definitely agree with you, like having Aaron Rodgers around for everything I'm sure will, you know, be a net positive, whether that shows itself on the field or not. Um, But I I will say it's hard for me to really like get excited. I think I saw a poll yesterday and it was like, it was like, are you able to get any excitement or is it over for you? And it was like 75% was just like, no, it's over for me, you know, because it's just, it's just too much. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. And and I'm excited to kind of get into this great, wonderful question that the whole world is wondering, well, is Aaron Rodgers actually going to play this season? Yeah, it, there's a lot that's going to go into play. Um, you know, Rodgers talking to the media earlier today when we're recording this on November 30th, he he said the goal was always that uh, Christmas Eve game against the Commanders, but didn't rule back uh, coming out earlier. He goes, anything's possible. He's trying to push it hard next week in practice to really gauge where he's at, maybe aiming at a week or potentially two beforehand to get back onto the field. Um, he did say that it doesn't make sense to play if the Jets are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, um, which they haven't been yet. They won't be this week. The AFC is very crowded and a lot of these teams play each other. Um, you know, taking a look at that specifically right now, you know, they're technically the second worst record in the AFC. Um, but, you know, tied with the likes of the Titans, Chargers. Um, but there's a lot of guys that are playing up on some of these teams ahead of them this week that you would expect your losses as well, too. What did I what did I stump you on there, big guy? No, I was no, 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 I was. I was just thinking about how, like, at one time we were four and three, and then now yeah. we're, you know, four and <laughs> hey, seven or better, whatever. Better, better than the two and nine Patriots. But the Titans ahead in the standings have the Colts this week, a team currently positioned in the playoffs. The Chargers play the Patriots. Maybe the Patriots sneaky get one up on them. Um, Bengals have the Jags. They could fall to five and seven. If the Jets could pull one out, they move up a little bit. Bills on the bye. Texans and Broncos, one of them is falling to six and six because they play each other this week. It's going to take a lot, but what I, my main point is, is that the Jets aren't going to win or lose against Atlanta or lose against Atlanta and be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. This is something that would come in a couple of weeks. And if the Jets can pile a win, that leash gets a little bit longer, which provides the Jets a little bit more time. If Rodgers does want to come back and try and just 
run the table. I remember, was it last season with the Packers? He's done this a bunch where he's just like, relax. And then he runs the table to get into the playoffs. Like Rogers loves this kind of story. And, and we could talk about Rogers and his personality and what this might just be like a big PR stunt one day. But right now I want to focus on the fact that he is saying that he wants to come back if the Jets are ready or still not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Um, and, and that, you know, look, we talked about the team that was limp and lifeless against the Dolphins. Can you get any bit of juice off of seeing him in practice and knowing he's trying to get back there? Can we get up for this Atlanta game? What are your thoughts on, you know, Rogers? Yeah. Uh, trying to give it you a know. go. Um, mm. Let's start with this. Do you believe it? Because I think you think he's full of shit. You know, that's I was going to kind of just start with that. Like, like at the end of the day, and it's it's everyone, you know, like everyone kind of has this same feeling. Like you see, it's been 79 days since he tore his Achilles. You know, that's less than three months. And supposedly he's going to be able to play in a couple weeks, you know, which like he did say he'd be willing to play and not at 100 percent, which I think is an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. um, but. To me, like this is the like I I don't want to say I don't believe it, right? Because there's some reason that they've been pushing this. You see him even, you know, he's obviously not going as hard with the footwork, but like the fact he's just like walking around, able to light jog, able to like do a kind of mock drop, drop back and throw a ball, like that's something that wouldn't have been possible for a normal Achilles surgery, you know. So it's like, do I believe that it's all gonna be? like that he's like going to be fine or not, you know, it, I feel like I believe it enough, you know, cause he's clearly doing some stuff that like no one's ever done. Um, but to me, like this was the scenario when we were, you know, one and O against the bills that was going to be so frustrating that I like didn't want to buy in. Cause the fact we're sitting here at four and seven coming off a four game, you know, losing streak and, like I'm the guy who over the past two years has seen the jets, you know, put up six points, put up nine points and kind of been like, yeah, but maybe we can, maybe next week it'll be a little bit better and we'll win. You know, like the way that this jets offense is played, I don't, I just really can't see a world where we win a game or two over the next three weeks. And it, it does kind of just put it, it dampers it to me of like, I don't even really think we're going to be in that situation of not being mathematically eliminated. Um, I do also think that even if he's able to come back, like, is it the smartest move to like have our quarterback that we're hoping is going to be healthy next year, you know, like to come back and maybe risk something, you know, like I, I am also worried about that. I don't want to like force him to come back just to do it. Um, did you hear his quote so like today about that's, that? What was his quote? He goes, what's the worst that can happen? I have a five month rehab and I can be ready for the start of the 2024 season. He was like, what's the worst that could happen? It's a fair point with what he's done over the past three months. Um, so yeah, I don't like, I'm still kind of in this spot of like, I'm just going to not get my hopes up and let it play out. Um, but I will say, and I'm excited to to hear you because we did talk a little bit about this before, but but I do think there is something to like, even if we are probably going to lose and not make the playoffs, like it would be kind of nice to see him out there and be like, oh, I don't have to wait a whole nother year to see Aaron Rodgers play a game for the Jets, you know, like, and even if we were able to be like somewhat successful, like build a little momentum for me, like that would be cool. So I'm not against him coming back fully, but I still don't really think we're going to be in playoff contention at all. And I'm a little bit scared that it's just like rushing back just to rush back. But the rushing back isn't like the team is asking him to rush back. This is solely on him. That's where I kind no, of think that yeah. my big thing is like, he wants to do this. You know, when I think about all, how excited he, he was this entire off season being with the jets in this new chapter, like, 
And he had it ta- like we had it taken away from us. He had it taken away from him too. And he's the guy that's out there putting in the work every goddamn day. Like he wanted this more than any the whole of us Jets really team. Did. Yeah, Ex- he him. wanted this more than anybody. Any of us fans wanted it. So like for him, he had that ripped away four plays in, and and he loved that entire offseason with the Jets. He was getting so excited to play for this cry. organization. Like and he had it ripped away from him. So like for me, he knows he's got two plus two to three years max left in his playing career. So like, why wouldn't you try to go out there? You know, especially, and the thing that they keep saying, every quote that I have is mathematically eliminated. He keeps mentioning mathematically eliminated. So yeah, maybe you go one and one over the next two weeks, you're sitting at five and eight. Maybe you're not mathematically eliminated because nine and eight should still be on the table um, for that seventh wildcard spot. So to me, he keeps looking at this and saying is like, if I am able to protect myself, Maybe I'm not at 100%. Maybe I'm at 95%. And we have a chance to, like, who fucking knows, run the table, get a seven card. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to make the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're not going to get to the AFC title game. But, like, let's give a little bit of hope, as you were saying, for this next season. Like, let's build something going. Because right now, it is as flat as it's been in uh, in two years. Because at least at this point last year, the offensive numbers were a little bit better. They still had a little bit of a winning record at that point. The offense was better last year than this year. No, I know. That's what's so crazy is so, like uh, after watching last year's team, you would have never thought that we could take steps back, you know, like, and, and, and they somehow are. did. So it's like, everybody needs everybody in this organization. I think even just player wise needs a little bit of hope to build on going into next season. Like some of these guys are fucking pissed off. Garrett Wilson isn't happy. Sauce Gardner isn't happy. A lot of these players right now are very frustrated with the way that this season has gone. And it's the second time that it's gone this way. So like, I just respect Aaron Rodgers a lot for saying like, if we have a shot, even if it's the longest shot possible, if we're mathematically still, you know, in play for that seventh wild card spot, like I'm going to give it a go. And that's what I like the most about it because I look, I, I want to see him play this year. I, I wanted to see him, we all wanted to see him play 17 games. I want to see him play three, get me to Miami to finish out that season for that second go, go, go Miami commanders, Browns, Patriots, give me four games there. Cause you know, when I look at things, Everybody on Jets Twitter right now, and those are the guys that have been around Rodgers today for his press conference, they're like, you know, Commanders was his safe spot. Like, they think, he thinks he can be ready sooner. Um, No, that's not the Falcons this week. It's probably not the Texans uh, on the 10th of December. But you start looking ahead, you're you're looking at Miami, you know, that's going to be a big game there too, especially if you can at least go one and one with the Falcons and Jets, or Falcons and Texans coming up. Like, to me, that's the date that I'm starting to pencil in, is like, that's the biggest game left on the schedule for the jets right now is that dolphins one, because we just got embarrassed 34 to 13 on black Friday, like get the vibes going, right. Get him back out there. Maybe it doesn't go perfect, but I don't know. I just, I, I really commend what he is trying to do. I, we sit in a group chat all day where, you know, Scott and Mike, you know, and the boys, and there's a lot of people out there. It's not just the two of them, but we have to hear it all the time, kind of mocking Rogers and him making it this me, me, me. I want the attention to be on me. And then, oh, we're mathematically eliminated. So I guess I'm not going to play like he's doing what he should do. If they're mathematically eliminated, he should not play football. But if they still have a chance, he has said, if they still have a chance, he is going to play. So, you know, I, I just, I think what he's doing is, is great for, is a great look for the organization as a whole. Like if you've got even just a little bit of juice in the tank. You're going to give it all to the Jets. Yeah. And and I think everything you said is great. And I think that everything you say, like, I'm all for it. I am. Like, if that's what goes down. Where I struggle is, like, this idea of, like, if I can protect myself. Like, I don't think that the Jets offensive line is really in this place where, like, he's going to be all that great and maybe things can improve over the next couple weeks but that is a worry and like the idea of like this already kind of less mobile quarterback who's coming off his Achilles injury and is not going to be 100% being behind our offensive line that also scares me do I disagree with you no and I think what you said about the Jets you know I think it was Connor Hughes who came out uh, and had a report and his big thing was like there's absolutely no reason why anyone shouldn't think he wants to come back if the Jets are still alive, you know, because like everything we've seen has point. I mean, he, they just activate him off the 21 day window. Like they're not just doing that out of like, 
yeah, hopefully this works out, you know, like there's some reason that they're doing that. Um, but for me, it really is just still like, I don't, we need to be able to see this offense move the ball and score a point or two in order for them to be eligible in three weeks. Like if they're sitting there at four and 10, they're not going to no. be mathematically eligible to make the playoffs, you know? Exactly. So it's like, um, I'm just, I'm just pessimistic about it at the moment, but, but I totally do agree. Like the idea of Aaron Rodgers coming back and even playing like a game and just being able to say like, Hey, things aren't as bad as they've been. And we're not in this world of her as we've been. I would think that's positive. Cause I, I, I do think that would be a huge thing for Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, you know, who I, you know, we'll talk about it in, in a bit, but you know, our, they really on the hot seat. Like it's kind of in this odd spot with Rogers where they're probably not, but they should you be. look at how this year has gone and the just continued failure to be able to have an offense that can do absolutely anything that a normal NFL team can do. I mean, it's uh, they, yeah, they should be on hard the to hot argue. Seat. Yeah. Right. I, um, one thing in this kind of paves, is there anything else in the Aaron Rodgers conversation that you want to have? Because I think the next big thing is what you just mentioned, the offensive line, you know, um, Makai backed in, Robert Sala said, looking pretty good this week, expected to play. So getting him back will be a huge help. It was crazy that he was, you know, he, it was one of those where they're like, yeah, we think he actually might, might play in the Miami game. And then he goes, tests it out game day inactive just because it wasn't fully there yet smart move especially for a guy of his size and his injury history even the fact that he was a game time decision though was a surprise to me like i I very much was like i it looks like a high ankle sprain it looks like he's gonna be done for a while yeah you know it was the same awesome you know like a uh someone just like fell on him and kind of like a freak play the same way he injured himself last year that ended up keeping him out you know so so yeah i mean all the love to Makai. He's been awesome. Yep. Yep. True gamer this year. Um, so he's expected to be back for this week up against Atlanta. Still TBD on Dwayne Brown seems more than likely that it would be the Texans game that he is back as opposed to the Falcons one. But right there, you're talking about an offensive line that if Rogers does come back and there's no guarantee that this fit that we're going to throw out there is going to look great. You know, Dwayne didn't look a hundred percent when he was out there at times this year at the beginning of the season, but you're looking at a line that's essentially Dwayne Brown, Lakin Tomlinson, Tipman, who is a fucking stud been center, awesome. slam dunk pick, you know, great find there in the second round. Although, you know, it was a two man race at the center position. They, they did a great job drafting Tipman right guard. Scary, but it's right guard. You know, right guard, I would say, is probably the fifth most valuable position on the offensive line. Where you, you know, played I, your worst player. Exactly. Your worst, your worst good lineman. <laughs> and then Becton out at right tackle. So that is, to me, an offensive line that we don't know if it's going to be that great, but. I mean, th- yeah, those five guys, I'm like, not, that's fine. Like, I'll I'm take that. You worried. know, Throwing obviously Rogers you need Dwayne Brown there. to do something, but. Right. But yeah, it's it's been the the rotating cast of, you know. Newman and you know uh Billy Turner Schweitzer and, and Schweitzer yeah. and all those guys that have just been real tough to watch um, yeah so that's that's some of the updates on injury news we should also maybe be expecting back Michael Carter in the slot Justin Hardy back still TBD on that but it seems like it's trending in that direction seems like Alan Lazard might be active again which I think is just a smart decision did you see his press conference yesterday yes uh, yes kind of just uh he was shocked by it, but he understands that it's a team sport and kind of didn't try, didn't, didn't throw anybody under the bus, but definitely seemed agitated that, you know, he was called into question given his play this year. Any, any thoughts on that? Cause it was yeah, like no, an I'm awkward happy. type press conference. I'm happy sure. we're talking about this. I mean, Alan Lazard is, was inactive last week for the Dolphins game, you know, which I would say was surprising, you know, as much as he has not, performed as well as we wanted to him with drops and penalties um it, it definitely felt like he was still like a good option compared to the other you know four guys who would suit up instead of him um but this is a kind of move that I do kind of like like Robert Sala number one I think was saying hey we're gonna try to put all of these guys you know Brownlee Irvin Charles Xavier Gibson Basically, we're going to give them all a shot and see if anyone can step up and make a play and give it any type of spark. 
And it's also kind of like a, hey, your performance has not been good enough, you know, and like wake up a little bit, you know, Robert Sala, he said, Alan's going to be here for another year and a half, you know, which I think is a challenge is saying, hey, are, are you going to give us a reason we want to resign you? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, interesting decision, but I I, I think it was the right one um, because you just look at what Alan Lazard has done this year and it's like, I totally, totally agree with him. And I think I, I have um use the same excuse he did for a lot of people's lackluster stats in that like when you can't get anything going when you can't stay on the field when you can't convert on third down no one's stats are going to look good you know like like at the beginning of the year we're getting on Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb because it's like oh he's had like three catches and it's like well yeah but like what else is going to happen you know like we're not moving the ball we're not staying on the field um, but with that said, there has been plenty of times where Alan Lazard has been the reason why we're taking a step back, you know, with a holding call with drop. So to challenge him and say, Hey, your play hasn't been good enough for a week. I don't think is, is, you know, a terrible decision by Robert Sala. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see if it does anything. Hopefully it lights some type of fire where he can just be like a, an okay, you know, wide receiver too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously like, and I don't, people wanted to kind of get on him for not like taking accountability and stuff, which to me, I thought the way he was acting was kind of okay. You know, like obviously you're going to be frustrated. Obviously you're not happy. You watch any Jets offensive play or any Jets players interview since the season started, like or since yeah. week seven on and it's not been great. No. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that kind of gave him any kind of juice to, to get going. And he did specifically mention, you know, him and Tim Boyle, worked a lot together um scout team when they were both new rookies on the uh Packers and newer players there so we'll see yeah i i get the decision the jets at this point at, at all points with this they've they have they have held just about everybody accountable up until you know i thought they maybe didn't hold Zach super accountable but they probably also just knew their backup options were as rough as their backup options were, but they did a great job at different times this, this season, holding guys accountable, whether it was Randall Cobb or, you know, um, Carl Lawson, like they have done, you know, when guys aren't performing, they've done a good job of kind of just like giving them a game reset, letting them know like, Hey, we need you out there giving your best every week. And so hopefully the addition back there, cause that that's the thing is I do think you are hurting Tim Boyle by not giving him what I would still say is, you know, the, the, you know, the second most talented receiver, like we're just talking talent. Yeah. He may not be playing the best this year, but talent wise, I'd say he's still the second most talented receiver on that team. So you are hurting your backup quarterback by not allowing him out there. Uh, but hopefully it was a good reset where Lazard comes out and can, you know, pop off a little bit, not go crazy because I don't think anybody in this offense is going crazy, but um, you know, maybe just, let's take Lazard to score a touchdown. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm down with that. Might as well. Um, I'm retired though, so I I cannot. Oh, fair, fair. I'm responsibly yeah. retired from responsibly gambling. retired from gambling. Beast week got the best of me. So uh, you know, I, th- there's a few positive things to look at. You know, the Rogers window is exciting for me. You know, I I love just any any Rogers content. One of my favorite players. Uh, you could you know tell me that all I'm going to get are these practice videos, and I'm just happy to see that he's given it a go. Um, we are getting closer to a healthier, more talented offensive line. And and hopefully, you know, the the dream scenario is that Aaron Rodgers returns to a field and everybody's better because of it. But we're, we're weeks and weeks away from that. We have bigger things to focus on. But before we get to the Falcons-Jets game, one thing that you kind of hinted at um, is job security for, for Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. Um, you know, Douglas, since taking over the Jets, uh, 24 and 53. Robert Sala, 15 and 30. Um, so just about double the losses, um, if not more so in Douglas's case since he took over. And look, they've been around for several years. Um, this isn't just like it's a first-year thing or a second-year thing. This is Sala's third season now. Douglas had that season before with Gase before ushering him out. But um, there's a lot of things you can point to that you don't love on either side of things. You know, Sala's... Um, you know, work with offensive coordinators and his choice bringing in a couple of guys that haven't really done much where meanwhile, it seems like there's a lot of great play callers around this league that have gotten good play out of worse quarterbacks or less talented offenses. 
Um, you know, you can call into question some of the draft picks or free agency signings for Joe Douglas. At times, you can argue they've done a good job, you know, one, developing younger talents on the coaching front and then also finding diamonds in the rough in the late rounds or undrafted free agents on Joe Douglas's part. So they are in this very weird position where I still think ever like Robert Sala and Joe Douglas to me are the best tandem since what for the jets, you know, you, you, it was better than the Adam, the Adam Gase era, you know, you go back to the, you know, you know, the Rex era. Exactly. So you're saying they're too, they are the best since that, but at the same time, you want to continue to see development. And right now, there hasn't been the continued development record-wise. This team is talented. There are talented players and all-pro players and, and and great skill players. And hopefully with Aaron Rodgers, they are a playoff-type team. But there does seem to be a little heat under their seats. So your thoughts on that? And then, you know, the elephant in the room, too. Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback here and he chose to come play for Robert Sala and Joe Douglas and this organization. So both sides of that, take me through your thoughts. No. Yeah. And I think that's a super fair point. And I think it's a really interesting conversation to have because of exactly what you just said, you know, um, with Aaron Rodgers coming, it does kind of feel like, you know, Hackett and Sala and Joe Douglas with this Aaron Rodgers injury, all kind of are just getting this like free play year of like, Hey, I mean, whatever happens, we're going to roll with it again. We're going to try to do it again. And we're going to see what happens. Um, I, over the past couple of years at many different points have always been the kind of Rob Sala and Joe Douglas defender. um, Because I do think that like, when you look at a lot of their decisions, you know, just in a vacuum, like, what did you do at this point with the information that you had? I think it felt like they were making a lot of the right decisions, you know, Um, when you look at where this team was in the Sam Darnold, Adam Gase years, and what the talent on the roster looked like, you can see a clear improvement, you know, when you look at um, the defense specifically, you know, Robert Sal's first year here, this defense was a historically bad defense, you know, in the history of the NFL. And then the past two years, they've been one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, so I do think there are those things that you can point to that make you say like, hey, you know, kind of regardless of everything, like these guys have had some success. With that said, you know, here we are sitting in Joe Douglas's sixth year, Robert Sala's third year is that right third fourth. yep third season. third year yeah um and like the the number one problem of this jets team has been this offense that isn't able to move the ball isn't able to score isn't able to stay on the field and somehow that's gotten even worse like who would have thought that we'd be sitting here being like hey give me the 2018 gay darnold offense because they could seemingly at least score more points than we could somehow you know and you know I don't know what to attribute that to but it it is crazy and it does make me kind of think like you know would a change be the worst thing you know like like we're sitting here and again it's kind of like what I talked about earlier like other teams have bad quarterbacks and are able to still kind of get things done and for some reason, the Jets have just been unable to do that. Um, and it is, it's really confusing because like, especially when you look at Joe Douglas and his GMing, you know, he ha- he did bring in a new quarterback to replace Zach Wilson. He did bench, like him and Salah did bench Zach Wilson twice this year or last year. They, you know, dra- have drafted Makai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker early in in drafts they have signed Lakin Tomlinson and Dwayne Brown and you know moves that like seemed like they would be good and seemed like they were the correct things to do like I don't think you can say hey they didn't try to go get a quarterback they didn't address the offensive line because they certainly have done that but for some reason it just has not worked um and you know again, you can blame injuries, but every team deals with injuries. Every team deals with this thing. And for some reason, we're still not able to get over that hump. Um, So where do I stand? I don't know. I'm very confused, (laughs) but I do think that, you know, 80, 20 
I think 80% at the end of the day, the plan is going to be to bring Rodgers back. They're going to keep Hackett. They're going to keep Salah. They're going to keep Joe Douglas. And, you know, you have this question here, you know, uh, is there security directly attached to how things go during the Aaron Rodgers tenure? I mean, yeah, I think if you, even if Aaron Rodgers got injured next year and kind of the same type of season happened, it's like, okay, it's time to move on, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just yeah. the way the NFL works. Results, I talk about it all the time, right? It's like, it seems like we almost focus too much on results because you can judge teams and players and coaches for their decisions and how things go without it directly tying to wins and losses. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is getting wins. And we've just continued to be unable to do that. Is there one that you would say would be more safe than the other? Would you think that both get let go in, in when the time comes, if that ever was a possibility, is there one that you think has done a better job than the other? Cause I'm staring at Douglas and he's done a great job finding guys, but there's also been some misses on picks. And then do you put the the do you put the finding the undrafted free agents? Do you put finding Bryce Huff on the GM or do you put the development of Bryce Huff on the coaching staff? Like, where does that pie chart work into? Like, is there a guy that you would be more upset about getting fired than the other? Um, I, I mean, like first thought, and I don't know if this is right, but my first thought is that it would make more sense if like they change up the coaching staff, you know, uh-huh. and got rid of Sala and got a new offensive coordinator and kind of went that route. Um, at the end of the day, I, I 100% think they're tied together. And I think yeah. that if Woody Johnson decided he wanted to change things up, he would do it, fire them both and replace them. Um, and if next year doesn't go well and he wants to do that, that would happen too. But you know, it's it's like this confusing thing because you think about the how great our defense has been and has gotten and how terrible our offense has been. And like you can kind of attribute both of those things to both guys, right? Like Joe Douglas went out and drafted Sauce Gardner, signed DJ Reed, signed safeties to replace the guys we had, you know, Quincy Williams. Quinn and Williams, like, and Robert Sala developed all those guys and made them who they are. And all, so it's like, you can give them both credit for that. And then on offense, Robert Sala hasn't been able to, you know, find like get an offense coordinator seemingly who's able to change anything or get his offense to play where it needs to be. Joe Douglas hasn't signed the right guys to get them to like, there's all these things where the blame kind of goes on both of them for the positives and the negatives. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's very confusing to me. And I also think Woody loves these guys, you know. And I think like going into this year, when maybe there was some Jets fans that said, Woody's like, listen, oh, sorry, my mic unplugged. Am I back now? Kind of, but it doesn't sound like it's plugged in. Or let me change it. Sorry, everybody. I gotta go to my microphone. Wait, am I back? No, still sound bad. You are, but it's like a um, it's like uh, foggy. That makes sense. About yeah, yes. that's that's better. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Unplugged my mic accidentally. Wait, can you speak again? Yo, what's going on? Okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. God damn it! Let's try. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is the one I was using. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. I'm jumping back in. I forgot what we were talking about. Me too. Basically, I don't know. But I do think they're tied to Aaron Rodgers. I do think Woody Johnson is just going to allow this year to happen and continue with them into next year. Um, but I do definitely think it's a conversation. And at the end of the day, I wouldn't be shocked if we made changes because even at the beginning of the year, you and I talked about, you know, what would have to happen for us to really sway on Robert Sala. And my answer was like, yeah, I mean, if we end up going four and 12 or four and 13 and losing a bunch of games late, that's kind of that doomsday scenario. Right. And like, that is what we're living right now. And at the end of the day, you watch all these other teams and don't get me wrong. There's tons of other teams that also 
you know, on a week to week basis, go out there and look horrible on offense. I think there's most of the other teams are able to do it less consistently than the jets where like every once in a while they have an okay game. Oh yeah. Um, but you see plenty of, you know, the Seahawks scored 13 points with a, with a defensive touchdown, you know, on, on Thanksgiving night and things like that. But at the end of the day, dude, like seeing this offense over and over again, it does kind of make you say like, well, let's make a change. But going back to where, what I said at the very beginning of this podcast, it's like, it just feels like, all right, let's do it again. Let's do it again. It's like, when is this ever going to work? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they are both attached to each other. I think their jobs would both end at the same time. I don't think you'd keep on Douglas or keep on Sala while letting go of the other. I would say that I think I would be more attached to the idea of Joe Douglas staying around um, with the idea being the next head coach has to be offensive minded. You know, you can so quickly turn and, and look, I can speak from this personally, like the Colts have like a, a an okay offense. Like Garner Minshew is not that great, but they're sitting there at six and five and they're one of the highest scoring good teams. Offense, though. I take the over and, all, every day. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing is like a good offensive coordinator or a good play caller makes even just like average quarterback play, good quarterback play. Like the offense can get flowing. Like I would argue that Garrett Wilson would still be the best wide receiver on the Colts team. Brees Hall is right up there with the Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss duo. The offensive line for India is a little bit more structured, but quarterback is one of those where I think Gardner Gardner gets a lot of benefit of the doubt just because of the way his play caller goes. So when you see these offenses around the league and it's just like, yeah, they don't have a lot right now, but they're, they're one of the top scoring teams in the league because of the play caller putting them in positions to succeed. That would be the direction I would go because I think that is what has been most frustrating is that, you know, you get the LaFleur and then you go to Nathaniel Hackett and it has been piss poor offenses. Um, that would be the one where I'd say, like, if you were going to give Joe Douglas another go at it, I would require that the head coach is offensive minded. Um, because you do have the defensive pieces in place. There's no guarantee that it would be as good without Sala and most likely Albrecht no longer being around, but you need to put up points in this league. Yeah, I you need to. You I have to. I'm fine. I'm fine with this take, but like it's just so, so like three years ago, we fired Adam Gase, and the whole every single person in the world was like the Jets absolutely have to hire a defensive head coach. Like that's what, you know what I mean? And it's, it, it, that has been the cycle of like, hire a defensive head coach. Oh, it goes really bad. Let's get an offensive board coach. Oh, it goes really bad. Let's get a defensive. Like it has just been this. So like that idea of like, let's just get an offensive head coach in here. You know, it's just hard for me to like hear that. Cause it's so goddamn annoying. I do think like the point and you know, when you look at 2023 huge winner sean payton huge loser nathaniel hackett you know like we all got on sean payton when he was talking shit but here's nathaniel hackett who went from having the worst offense in the league the only offense that kind of looked like the jets last year you know and then he comes to the jets and nothing has changed and does it suck that zach wilson is, is his quarterback sure but at the end of the day dude like this is just a guy who has not shown much of anything um and it, and it does feel like his time you know is numbered and obviously he has rogers relationship to maybe protect him but at the end of the day i wouldn't be all that shocked if if they kept solid they kept joe douglas and they still said hey we're gonna get a new offensive play call that's what we're gonna do aaron you can be a part of it but that is what we're gonna do that wouldn't shock mm -hmm. um so you know it's interesting but i think the point of like like, do I think we absolutely need an offensive head coach? No, because I think there's plenty of – look at the Steelers. You know, they don't have a great offense. They can win some games, you know. But um, I do think the aspect of, like, our play calling hasn't been good enough is true. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's in, in the landscape of the NFL right now. I think it's easier to keep – it's harder to retain good offensive coordinators. 
good offensive coordinators no, become sure, head coaches quicker. Head coach. So like, even if the Jets brought in this next guy and they had a great year of offense, things completely flipped around their top five scoring top five offense. Like he's going to get a job that following season. Whereas, you know, the defensive coaches, yeah, you, you, you get your hires. Danico Ryan's gets hired. Like there's a, 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 a good share amount of, you know, good defensive. I wouldn't be shocked if Albert could get hired after the last two years. Totally sad. agree. He's going to get interviews yeah. this year, but like the big names this year that everybody's looking at is Ben Johnson in Detroit. Um, you know, there's going to be a few guys around that, you know, uh, it's just um, if they move, I don't think any changes are being made until Aaron Rodgers is no longer the the Jets starting quarterback. I think that if Aaron Rodgers is playing, he, it is with Sala. It is with Douglas. It'll be interesting to see. When if Rodgers comes back and he plays three or four games, how does the offense look? If it looks really bad, then yeah, I'd say go make a change at OC. But Rodgers kind of him and Hackett were kind of hand in hand when they came. I know they happened months apart from each other when they were both brought into New York, but it was kind of tied together there. Yeah, um, I, I would things would have to look really bad with Rodgers under center for me to think that saw that Hackett would also be gone after this season. Not saying that he deserves to keep his job. Um, because it has been very bad, but I do think that they, they have, you know, one way or another, whether it's right or wrong, they have earned this whole, you know, 2024 season based off of Aaron Rodgers going down, you know, four plays in the, the season. Yeah. The only other uh, situation I'll throw out for Hackett is like, if Rodgers doesn't come back and we continue to just like look the way that we've had over these last five weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely still a conversation because of the Rodgers thing, but it, it is almost kind of like a, we have to do something, you know, like it, it does kind of feel like that. But, you know, obviously, you know, if we base Jeff Ulbrich off of his first year only, you know, things wouldn't have looked all that good. So exactly. so we'll see. But it's an interesting port, uh, conversation around the uh, the Jets front office and staff right now because at the end of the day if if they were another team and they hadn't just signed Aaron Rodgers I think that most fans would be calling for their heads it would be almost like oh, guaranteed yeah. that they're going to be gone so we Definitely. shall see yeah. yeah um well we've got the Falcons coming into town at least we don't play like the fucking Chiefs or something but but I'm still not all that confident, but it is nice to at least have a game. You know, part of me lately when I've been watching the Jets and how terrible they are, part of me does kind of think like it would kind of be nice to just like be in the NFC South and like have a worse division and a worse conference. And like, cause like the Falcons are a perfect example. Like they've been bad for years, but they still do have those games where it's like fun to watch every once in a while, you know, and they're able yeah. to score and like, you know, there are the Falcons. I think the Falcons are leading their division with a they are. record right now. They are, you know, yeah, so like the there's all these different things. Um, but yeah, I'll give my take. Like at the end of the day, what the Jets have shown me over the last five weeks has made me so pessimistic about this offense. So pessimistic about our ability to move the ball. Um, you know, I, I don't I'm not going to be projecting the Jets to win a game until they can show me something different and you know tim boyle is going to be our quarterback again so that's my take i think they're going to win i i this is why we never we never are on the same we page never right? agree we, we always crisscross <laughs> like as soon as you get pessimistic i get optimistic yeah um yeah. you know the falcons are coming off a win in new Orleans that kind of got their vibes going. Everybody's like, Oh, Atlanta, they're frisky. They're leading the division. I think this is the perfect time for the jets to come in and smack them down on defense. Cause you know, you did take into account. Atlanta? Yes, I did. Oh, I did too. Of course I did. Yeah. I hate new Orleans. Um, but you take into account the Derek Carr pick six in that game. That was really the big difference maker. Um, if Derek Carr doesn't throw that pick six, the saints most likely win that game. That was a huge turning point. They were in the red zone about to go take, you know, increase their lead there. Um, I don't think the Falcons offense is going to move on the jets. You know, they've got young playmakers that you're excited about, you know, fantasy wise, you're trying to buy in every year to the Drake London hype or the Kyle Pitts hype, or even Bijan who's had a few good games, you know, getting into, you know, if, if you're looking into your fantasy lineups, you're very happy with the performance there, but this is still a team that's led by Desmond Ritter, who is still in that list of very bad quarterbacks that does include Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle. He's probably a little bit uh, more sturdy, but I still think he is one of the worst quarterbacks that is playing on a weekly basis this year in the NFL. So you've got that. 
You don't have an amazing offensive line. Um, like I said, you have a couple of freak athletes, um, but the Jets have freak athletes. Like our Jets, Jets freak athletes can match up with freak athletes. It's not like it's a crazy scheme that Atlanta is bringing. It's very run heavy and kind of same with the Jets. It's like, let's try and not have Desmond Ritter need to do too much because he is a bad quarterback. So when I look at the Jets defense, like, yes, we could say they've struggled to get up the last few weeks, but they're also chasing after Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, and great play calling two weeks in a row now. So the Falcons do not worry me on offense at all with this Jets defense. Um, you know, the, the Falcons are two point favorites on the road, which is, is kind of, you know, I, I guess it's expected, um, you know, just given how their seasons have gone, the total, the total is set at 34, which is hilarious because I, I will, I'm retired. But again, we'll take the under, but I will be taking the under like you have I, once again, that Bernie Sanders me and I once yeah. again, take yeah. the under it. it to me, this is a, a game where we do not gain any confidence about the Jets. We gain a glimmer of hope as we get closer towards Rodgers potentially returning. The Jets move to, to, to five and seven. They end the losing skid by a score of nine to seven. Yeah, I mean, that is the definition of a game that will not give us hope, especially if we're the team that doesn't nine score to seven. touchdown, but we still come, some, come out with the win. Um, Yeah, dude. I mean, hey. I'll take a W, eh, except part of me doesn't even want to because I'm kind of just trying to tank and get a good Well, you want tank. a quarterback. <laughs> um, which I am I am the king of not believing in tanking and always wanting my team to win. This Jets team has made me just crazy. Um, the one thing I'll say, 100% I agree when it comes to the Jets defense, and that hasn't changed all year, right? Like, no matter who you're playing, you can be confident and sure you can look at the past two weeks and what the bills and dolphins were able to do. If you have an offense that can stay on the field and that can keep you in the game, it, it looks a little different. Um, for me, I think the big thing is like, we keep talking about every week. We're like, they got to not put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, you know, try to run the ball. And you know, that's how the jets can succeed. And really the story of this skid has been the inability to run the ball, you know, regardless yeah. of whether you're getting down early or not, we have not been able to run the ball. And, you know, going back to Philadelphia, um, you know, which we did win that game, our leading rusher in that game was Brees Hall, 39 yards, our leading rusher in the next game against the giants, Zach Wilson, 25 yards, our leading rusher against the chargers, Brees Hall, 50 yards against the Raiders. Zach Wilson, 54 yards against Buffalo, 23 yards. Brees Hall against Miami, 25 yards. Brees Hall. Like that is not good Terrible. enough to be a offense, especially when you have a bad quarterback, right? Because there is a world where you have a bad quarterback and you can win a game 13 to 10 because you're just able to run it, run it, run it, run it. The Jets have not been able to do that. And you can blame, you know, the lack of a passing game. You can blame the injured offensive line but at the end of the day the only thing that we really have going for us you know is a good running back and then a guy in Garrett Wilson and the inability to get those guys going has been you know what's been so frustrating and the reason this offense is so anemic I don't know if that works there inept I think um so, so yeah I mean if the Jets are able to have a game where Brees Hall can run the ball and they can stay on the field a little, like, do the Falcons worry me? No, they don't. And I think the Falcons are a mediocre team right in the middle of the pack in the NFL. And I think that, you know, the Jets should be able to beat them. But with an offense that is the way this Jets offense is, it's just hard to see. And that's what you need to look for. Like, Are we going to be able to run the ball? Because if we do kind of get a game where we – Think about how many times last year where it was like, oh, yeah, we actually did kind of have a good drive and we scored. We ran it every play. Like, I wish we right. passed, but, you know, hey, I'll take the points. Like, we're running. Like, we've not even been able to do that, you know? And so that's just, I mean, look at it. Brees Hall have 23 yards and then 25 yards the last two weeks. It is sickening. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that's the story. I, I don't even want to predict it because I always take the Jets well, to win. Um I was the one thing I was going to say as well, too. I think you even sent this to me on Twitter. It was like his yards before contact 
you know, the last few weeks or whatever is, is 0.0. Since exactly. Like yeah. Exactly. So it's like you know, the one thing that you can start to hope for is as this team gets a, even just a little bit healthier on the offensive line that it can. You know, I think the offensive line that. is the main story of this team. For the run game. Even, 100%. even if you have a bad quarterback, you know, there are times that you can kind of make things work, but there's been so many times like where Zach Wilson or Tim Boyle are just getting hit immediately, you know, and, and there's times where it's their fault too, but in the run game and the ability to protect your bad quarterback, like the lack of offensive line has, has been tough. Yeah. When your backups, backups are also getting hurt. Yeah. You're fucked. You're fucked regardless. And I, I, you know, I think back to the first like five or six weeks of the season, it was like Zach Wilson still had the most time in the pocket to throw. And it's like, that has, that number is drastically decreased and and the run, you know, being able to even just get above the line of scrimmage before contact is, you know, a sad sight as well. So, you know, the offensive line has played a lot into just like these last few weeks being just so miserable to watch. Um, so hopefully Makai coming back. Hopefully if Dwayne comes back, there's still they haven't ruled him out for this week. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, they have. But even just getting guys out there um, could go a long way because like if we could, if Brees Hall can have like seventy plus yards rushing, I think we'll probably win. Yeah, against Atlanta, definitely. If we're not able to do that again, I think we're gonna lose. Yeah, know? work between the twenties kick a few field goals. I do not think this Atlanta offense is going to go berserk on, you know, they even struggled to move on New Orleans. New Orleans has, you know, a a a, a good defense, nice. but I think the Jets is significantly better. Um, are you going to give a score prediction? You're going to hold off on it. 3 to 0 Jets. 3 to 0 Jets. See, you're still picking to win. You're still picking to win. I just can't not Always there. Always got gotcha. you. All right. That's what well, I do. Well, but hopefully... yeah, the Jets have killed me. Let's get out of here. Yeah, hopefully we're talking to you all next week uh, at five and eight with Aaron Rodgers, even maybe a little bit closer to playing. I will be so much more optimistic if we can pull out a win here. Like, that's just how I work. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, you're five and a eight, nine to seven win would be hilarious. like I just said, some of these teams like the Broncos are going to fall below 500. And, you know, the the um, dude, I'm the in Bengals, the Bengals I'm, I'm backing up. The Bengals are gonna move to five and eight. Like there are gonna be these outcomes where the Jets start to push the way up. If the Texas, if the Titans lose to the Colts, you know they jump them. Like there are gonna be some of these teams that start to bottom out. Whereas the Jets, they still, you know, a lot of these teams now. You're not getting to the tanking part of the season, but you're getting to the getting to the tanking part of the season. Some of these teams, the Titans aren't gonna benefit from you know moving to five and eight on the year when they need a quarterback or they need a lot of pieces on the offensive line or weapons. So like there are gonna be these teams that start to really position themselves a little bit lower. Um, the Jets want I think to you may get be overlooking the Jets as one of those teams, but I don't I think, think they're, we, I don't think they're at see. a tanking point of the season. I, I think, I think that with Rogers coming, Rogers wouldn't be coming back to practice if the Jets were going no, to be trying to, tank. you're right. You're right. But is that how it's going to play out? We shall see. No, if, if they, if they lose to Atlanta, I would, I would pull the plug on Rogers. I would, maybe I'd give it till the Houston game. Nah, you'd give it one more week. I probably would. I'd, I'd give it the Houston game because I think the Jets could also beat the Texans, which is, you know, I'll save that spicy take conversation for next week. Um, Strat hasn't played any good defenses. There's the take. That's that's the take this year. I was looking at their schedule. I mean, what's the best defense he's faced? It's the fucking. Nah, he's he's they lost. Ball. They lost to the Ravens. They put up nine points against the Ravens. That's a good defense. They lost to the fucking Panthers this year. Week one. Yeah, like they haven't like the Steelers are a decent defense. I don't know. They just they they haven't they haven't faced in next week for our they haven't faced our boys. They haven't faced our boys, Big Q, Sauce Gardner, Quincy Williams. They haven't faced those boys. Jeff Albrecht, come on. It's completely flipped. We're we're on totally different spots now. Yeah. All right, well (laughs) well, thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the Falcons game this Sunday. We'll talk to you next week. We appreciate you. We love you. Peace.